0: Hi, I'm Mike Chen, author of Star Wars Brotherhood, and I legitimately really hate sand. You're listening to The Living Force.
1: Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Someone didn't load in, they are counting. A Utini Podcast Network Production. How many hands does it take... For one word to get through, up here! Episode 187, The High Republic Path of Deceit Roundtable. You haven't got a clue what they are saying. On this episode, a Utini fantasy football update. Are you all scrambled or something? A sneak peek at the art of the High Republic. Oh, Stand place, oh. on program, feet down, face front, hands on heads. And the Utini crew talks about the new High Republic YA novel, The Path of Deceit. We will have immediate facility compliance when we will begin activating floor's and now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins.
2: What is
1: up, everybody?
2: Hello, and welcome to the Living Force at UTD Network podcast, all about the higher public and some spooky things. In this book, at least. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight to talk about all things Path of Deceit is the full cast of characters, starting off with Dr. Corey Spelton!
3: Ooh.
4: Ooh! there's red behind me. It means evil! Ah! I changed nothing. Just kidding. This is the thing I always have. Hello, everybody. I like
3: everybody. your costume, Corey.
4: Yeah, thanks, man. My costume is I'm uh, I am not a Star Wars fan. That's my costume because it's just i, am, a shirt. I just realized <laughs> that I forgot to put a Star Wars shirt on right before the show. So that's my, and I have air I have AirPods in. Oh, I know. I am Eric. If he stopped giving a shit about anything.
1: <laughs> hey, oh, I'm honored. You look,
3: you look like a video game character on level one. I am, like that's what I am, I know,
4: yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, I, amazing. I
4: got no stats or skill points yet, bro. I just, you don't. I don't, know. I don't have beer, I mean, there's a lot of things that are changed. I have, I'm drinking tea tonight, everything is different, I don't know. It's a
2: spooky evening, we're in the upside down, if you will, that's what it, you are, yeah. you're the upside down version of Corey. Um, You may have also just heard the dulcet tones of Dr. Charles Hank, oh no, see you in hell! Oh. Oh,
3: I thought you were going to go with like Hank. Ghoul or something like that. But that would have been better. I, I like it. I like it. I am dressed up as um, Emperor Palpatine headed to the gym. That's
2: <laughs> that's who
3: I am tonight.
2: Gotta get those gains, Lord Vader.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, and then, of course, the man who has punched this ticket so many times. Also, shout out to Ryan, our graphic designer, for that awesome new little intro. If you didn't see it, check out the YouTube show. We have whoa. What? Wes Jenkins! I couldn't find it, Wes Jenkins. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh,
0: <laughs> happy Halloween, everyone. Apologies in advance here. My dog going crazy because people are knocking on the door. I have my lights turned off, but they're still knocking on the door. So, you know, you're insisting <laughs> in
4: Texas, huh?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was going to leave candy out, but I was, there would be one person that got all of the candy, and then the rest of the people would see that I was a Bad person for leaving no candy and just an empty bucket for people in the in a dark corridor that didn't have the porch light on. So see that's the anyways, trick. Anyways, that's the happy trick. Halloween.
2: That's the trick for the treat. Is that you just put out an empty. Just don't bowl. buy candy. Yeah. Don't buy candy. Put out
0: an empty bowl. And be like, oh, I guess you didn't get the get the end of it. Sorry. Uh. Well. Whatever.
2: They gotta learn at some point. Uh. Well. For all you watching this, I hope, number one, you got some candy, or if you're watching us today, you're going to go to the grocery store tomorrow and get that clearance Halloween candy, which we all love. Uh, make sure you hit all that. I personally bought a bag of the Fruit uh, Tootsie Rolls, the Fruit flavored Tootsie Rolls, and ate the entire thing in two days. Um Let me see that Tootsie Roll. And I did, in my (laughs) mouth. It was delightful. (laughs) Um, But everyone, I hope you're having a lovely Halloween and a lovely week. Uh, I'm so glad you've chosen to spend some of your week with us. Whether you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on your podcatcher of choice, hi, we love you. We're excited to talk about The Higher Public today. Before we do so, just a couple of brief announcements. Number one, if you're watching us on YouTube, you may notice a lovely book here to my left, your right, my left, stage left, as it were, um, which (laughs) is... Um, our friends at Abrams sent over The Art of Star Wars The High Republic by Kristen Baver. Um, This has been one of my most anticipated books um, since it was announced for months and months and months. And I've had the chance to look through it a little bit. And I know that a lot of folks have already pre-ordered this. It comes out on November 8th. Um, If you have pre-ordered it, expecting lots of High Republic goodness, uh, you're going to get exactly that. There is more art in this book. Than I've seen in any of the art of books so far, like the art of the films, art of the Mandalorian. Um, this has more concept sketches, things like that, than anything we've seen so far. Here, I'll give you a little, little tease, right? So a lot of the pages are just full art pages with just a little bit of quotation on them. We see characters that don't exist in the High Republic yet. We see characters that we love, hmm. and their the, the evolution of their looks, things like that. You get to see how Ember used to be a different looking dog. Um, all kinds of stuff like that, and. For those folks that may just be getting into the High Republic and want to go straight for the art, Kristen Baber does a lovely, lovely job of outlining kind of the history of the initiative. Um, I think a lot of us take for granted how much we know about the High Republic, about how it came to pass, about we know about the Skywalker Ranch Summit. We know about the meetings. We know Michael Siglain. Um, A lot of folks don't know that, and that's okay. So if you are a little behind on knowing the history of the High Republic or you have a friend that wants to know more about it and not listen to all of our freaking podcast episodes about it, frankly, rude. <laughs> But um, the higher public, art of the higher public is definitely going to have all that in the beginning of it, and for any diehard fan, um, come on, we would love every any- single piece of concept art we've ever gotten.
0: Anything from Path of Deceit in there?
2: No, like great question. Kevmo so this, or anything? Nope, great question. So this encompasses Phase One of Star Wars: The Higher Public. Okay, wow. So we get a lot of characters from Phase One, right? So all the way through, like Out of the Shadows, all the things like that. All the way through Wave Three, we get Marquian Rowe, Went through a Ton of designs, by the way. In case you're wondering, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff from the comics, both the High Republic adventures and the main run, as well as all the books, the audio dramas, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, you'll that's get... a
0: nice little companion piece that you have there while you're reading the books. That's it's it? like the character encyclopedias that I have next to me when I was watching the Clone Wars. God, so I, I could love figure those. out who all these people were.
2: Exactly. Like Starlight Beacon. You want to know what all the levels are? There you go. It's right in the book. Hey! I'm gonna tell you <laughs> uh, before they all go underwater. Uh, what does it all agree? <laughs> and Charles, this is just for you, because we talk about the station and in into the dark, we get Snoke in his stupid hat. Oh uh, yes, officially <laughs> in yeah, the book. The station and
3: Snoke's hat.
2: So, uh, thank you so much to our friends at Abrams for sending this along. The preview is exactly what I'd hoped it would be. Seriously, it is dense, full of art. <clears> um, and if you love the High Republic, you're going to absolutely love this. With the holidays coming around the corner, especially. Put it on the Amazon wish list. It comes out November 8th from Kristen Baber, star, Art of Stars of the Higher Public. Amazing stuff. Speaking of amazing stuff, he segued um, Uteni Fantasy Update. Pretty happy about it this week. Uh, Wes, <laughs> if I look at this, you and I are both riding high, man. We both ah. won in the same week. <laughs> it
0: right. hasn't happened Dylan. yet. Um, I, uh, I rode the wave of Jalen Hurts. He's a damn good quarterback. Um, I also got a hell of a lot of points from Tony Pollard. Thanks for being out, Ezekiel. I hope you're okay next week. But I also hope you get, like, disciplined or something and you get benched, but you're medically cleared and you're okay.
2: That's right. That's what we want. (laughs) I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I do want my starters to play well. I don't
0: want you to play. (laughs) Yes.
2: Uh, I was fortunate enough to ride the wave of Mr. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. uh, Oh, boy. Who threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and received a touchdown for the first time since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2005. Um and then the Panthers' run- backup right. running back, Deontay Foreman. I picked him up when they traded Christian McCaffrey. So my running backs did very well for me. Um, former Houston Texan. That's right. And former like, that's te- that's a thing. Texas Longhorn, <laughs> our buddy Oz. They're a team. Uh, so well done for me and Wes. And I just wanted to, to gloat about that a bit because that has not happened yet. It probably will not happen again. But uh, Wes and I are having a good weekend ourselves. Hold on. Stephanie back in the chat asked for something very important just now. For anyone looking at us visually, she said to show the cover of the book without the dust jacket. And that's because it is a gorgeous illustration of Starlight Beacon. Wow. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Oh, I they a loft, that now. I too. That's yeah. nice. So, oh, I might there keep you it go. like that. <laughs> yeah, you may want to. And then you got this glorious ba-ba-bing. So, uh, it also says volume one at the bottom there for Star Wars the Art of the High Republic. So, of course it does. Oh, yeah. We're going to get more. Very excited. (laughs) Now, last couple updates before we jump into our roundtable tonight. I want to shout out a couple of our writers on the team, uh, Gia and Emmy, who wrote two amazing pieces for the website uh, about the High Republic. The first of those is a guide on what you need to know about Phase 2 of the High Republic. So what kind of story points do you need to know about? What books are coming out? We have a great guide all about that on the website. And we have a book – or a. Article. <laughs> There's a bunch of books. We have an article all about who the authors are behind phase two of the higher public. Who is returning? Who are the new ones? What are some things that they have written? Make sure you head over to Utini.com, scroll down to the guides tab at the bottom, and you're gonna see all of our latest guides. They're really gonna help you get all ready for phase two. Alright, and thank you guys for your amazing work. And sorry I didn't mention this last week because we didn't have show last week. Uh check out the utini YouTube channel. We just recently had a la la lovely video. Um, all about the best Star Wars reading order made by our very own Parker. Um, It's our most common question. Four days ago we posted it. Go ahead, check it out and see what order you should read your Star Wars books in. Hint, there's not one real order, but we made a video anyway. <laughs> All right, <laughs> finally, I want to say thank you because, fellas, we got a brand new patron this week. Uh, yesterday, Justin joined our Patreon. Justin, thank you so much. We hope you're enjoying everything that goes on over at patreon.com slash utini. And also, you get that little warm feeling knowing that you are the reason that the site can function, that the podcast can function, that everything we do mm. can uh, be brought up to the community. All right. Well, everybody, that is almost it. As we always do at this time, I want to tell you about the new releases that are coming up, including tomorrow's, November 1st, The High Republic Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann. As always, we're going to have a written review and a video review of this book at utini.com and at the website, or at the YouTube channel. Make sure you check those out. We love George over here. I did write this review, and I'll just tell you, you freaking nailed it. This book is so much fun. Full review out tomorrow. And of course, The Art Star Wars The High Republic comes out on November 8th. Alright, without any further ado, Charles, I'm going to hand this round table over to you, but this round table is going to be a little different. Tell the folks uh, this new format we're going to try out and what that means for them as we talk about Path of Deceit.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is going to be a little bit different. We're trying to make these a little bit more freeform, uh, if you will. We We found ourselves getting a little bit too boxed into the strict structure that we had for all of these, and so... We're still going to give you a plot synopsis. We're still going to end things with Easter eggs, but in the middle, it's going to just be a whole lot of everyone piping up and talking about the things that excited us most, because that's how we want to spend this time, is talking about the good things that got us excited, the big questions we have. So that's how we're going to do it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the plot synopsis sunshine dobbs arrives on dalna to meet with the mother the charismatic leader of the path of the open hand a group focused on liberating the force from being controlled by others including the jedi sunshine brings her a mysterious jewel and she sends him back out into the galaxy to search for a set of three other force artifacts the rod of ages the rod of seasons and the rod of daybreak marta Rowe and her cousin yana two of the last known Evereni in the galaxy live as members of the path of the open hand Marta is a devout believer and longs to serve as one of the mother's closest confidants, the children, like her cousin. However, Marta doesn't know that the children are actually responsible for stealing artifacts for the mother and that Yana wants out. Padawan Kevmo Zink and his master Zala Makri arrive on Dalna to investigate the path as the possible culprits for a string of heists. Kevmo meets Marta in the market and there's an instant attraction. But when Kevmo uses the force in front of her, she's mortified. They spend their ensuing days debating whose approach to the Force is right, but despite their fundamental differences, their connection to one another is deep and undeniable. When heavy rains roll in, Dalma unexpectedly floods, including the path's underground network of tunnels. Kevmo and Marta work together to save a family stuck in the caves, including three newborns. Kevmo has to use the Force to hold back floodwaters, and afterwards, Marta realizes she can't condemn Kevmo's use of the Force if it leads to good. Yana informs the mother she intends to leave the path, but the mother demands one last job before she goes. Yana agrees, but notices that the mother seems to be developing an unhealthy bond with her mysterious jewel. When Marta learns of Yana's plan to leave, they get into an argument. In the aftermath, Kevmo comforts Marta and they kiss. Marta realizes that she doesn't need to be one of the children to further the goals of the path. Instead, she could leave with Yana and go to Jeddah to spread their message. She asks the Jedi for passage off of Dalna when they leave. The children head to Selge to
2: infiltrate a Graf family compound, but their cover is blown and everyone is killed except for Yana. She realizes they were set up and returns to Dalna to confront the mother for her treachery. When Yana arrives in the Mother's chambers, she instead finds Kevmo and Zala, who have raided the path's caves and found the Rod of Seasons as proof of the cult's evil deeds. But, as they attempt to take the Mother into custody, her prized jewel shatters and releases an amorphous creature. It attacks Zala, turning her to stone. It grabs Kevmo next, but he, but he pulls away and flees, intent on warning the galaxy about what he witnessed. Marta stumbles upon Kevmo as he collapses, slowly but surely also turning into stone before her eyes. With his final breath, he is able to say, Mother. Distraught, Marta takes his his lightsaber and heads for the Mother's chambers. The Mother introduces the creature to the rest of the path as the Leveler and touts it as their solution to the Jedi's abuse of the Force. Yana attempts to leave, but the Leveler follows her. She realizes it's because she's holding the Rod of Seasons, which she took back from the Jedi, but she is declared the Leveler's champion. She accepts the title, hoping to use the opportunity to overthrow the Mother and the Nier future marta finds the rest of the path and the leveler is presented to her she is shocked to see what she considers to be the will of the force in physical form the mother rewards her adherence by naming her the path's new guide she instructs the path to board the newly built gaze electric and head out into the stars stating their time on dalna is over behind closed doors the mother tasks sunshine with going to Jeddah to steal the rod of daybreak an artifact she hopes can win her back control of the leveler from yana Aboard the Gaze Electric, Yana hopes Marta can take the mother's place at the head of the path. But she grows concerned when she finds that Marta's newfound power is already twisting her from a gentle-natured believer into a crazed zealot. Not long after, Jedi Knight Aslan Rell searches the abandoned path compound for answers about the disappearance of Kevmo and Zala. When he finds their remains, he realizes that whatever evils were unleashed on Dalna are already on their way to the rest of the galaxy.
3: All right. So that's everything that happened. The vast majority of that outline was from the last like <clears throat> 30 pages of the book. For <laughs> real. Now, let's take a moment to reflect as we always do. I want y'all to just tell me generally, what format did you experience the story? What major takeaways did you get from the experience? And what new value did mm-hmm. this book bring to you? Yeah.
2: So I read this book all uh, digitally, I guess. Like, I, I didn't do any audiobook listening on it. Um and I'll tell you what, this book is super unique in in High Republic experience because I think a lot of us had a similar vibe. As Charles said, so much of the action happens in the last like 30, 100, whatever pages of this book. And I got to tell you, the beginning of this book up to that point, I was not a huge fan of it. This I've seen a lot of people freaking freaking out over this book online, which has been incredible. And I love that, and I'm, I'm really having a great time with seeing people just adore this book. Didn't hit me in that in that same way um, with just the relationships of the characters at the beginning. I liked seeing the path of the open hand, but I felt like I kept waiting for the momentum to hit. But, but I will say, after I finished the book, I was left with this high adrenaline spike because of all the action of Marta like leading now the path of the open hand of Yana with the with the rod of seasons. All these kind of things happening. Like we went to see the leveler again. We get the dusting. I felt that that rising storm adrenaline. That I had this moment of like, okay, I think I really liked that, but but hold on. We're through like 230 pages where I didn't really get into it, which was odd. So so Charles, to answer your question of what takeaways <laughs> did I get from the experience, I got this thing of of really philosophically wondering if a book's ending being awesome is good enough for the whole book to kind of even out. And for me, as the, it's been like about a month or so since I finished it. I'm kind of at that point where the book almost exists as an idea of what happened at the end. Of, like, the the consequences of this I'm super stoked about. And it's gotten me really hyped for Cavan's Path of Vengeance. Because now we got the momentum that usually I would want in the first hundred pages. So, yeah. So I'm conflicted on this book. A very odd experience. But I think at the end I had a good time. It was very weird. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, I saw it to where, like, it was... Two different points of view. One with the Path and one of the Jedi and how they were conflicting. Mm -hmm. And not one, like, I thought it was interesting in a a way where they weren't, like, really fighting with each other. They were kind of listening and kind of understand, but they also disagreed with each other. Mm -hmm. Which was a good, you know, a good lesson of teaching somebody how to, you know, be in conflict with somebody and not actually... Bring it to violence. Just that you can actually talk it out. You can disagree with them, but you know, uh, you don't always have to agree with what's going on. So, um, yes, I thought this was slow in the beginning and got awesome at the end. Um, they really spoiled us with Light of the Jedi for my for my <laughs> sake, anyways. It's an because issue, man. <laughs> I mean, um, so I wanted to get right to the point. I think you know it could have been. I, it could have been shorter in the beginning, but we would also I had a really a very short book if you had shortened the um, the two different points of view. But um, then again, um, you're right. I mean, it was a little slow, but the the ending was great. Ending was great. I mean, they gave us the they gave us the point that we were wanted. <laughs> we got the leveler. We got Gosh. dead people or dead Jedi.
2: <laughs> so, dead eye, if you, know, you will. Was, yeah, it kind
0: of paid off. So, yeah. you know, at the end. So um, it's worth going through, <clears throat> but. Um, Sorry, and just so everybody knows, I took in the audio book, yeah. Um the audio book was right. fantastic. Did, they did a great job. Did you think
4: it moved as slow in the beginning with the audiobook format?
0: Yes, it did. You, you still felt
4: I it, think it was moved, slow?
0: Yeah, just okay. it, it
4: still fell slow. Yeah. And I was listening to it at, at
0: 1.1 speed, mm-hmm. so not super fast. Because yeah, um, you're not a monster. So, exactly. I listened to <laughs> at three times the speed. I don't know how, how you yeah. can even... <laughs> like hear the pauses in between people's words when really? they speak at three times the speed. I'm sure that's been studied and you
4: actually can't comprehend <laughs> shit when they do that, yeah. but you know, out, run! that's how, that's how Charles and I learned, you know, all the signs of the human body. So, you know, I'm guaranteed that you did we didn't learn any of it
3: <laughs> actually that well by oh, listening to
4: it at that speed. What about you, Charles? How did you feel about this one?
3: I I mean, I think I felt similarly. I, I like the way that you frame that, um, Eric, that you – is the ending enough to make up for the rest of it? I, I don't know that I would say that the answer is yes, but as I'm listening to y'all talk, I think this might have been a little bit on me for how I experienced the beginning of this book because I viewed – you know, Phase Two as like a continuation, even though it's a prequel, like a continuation of all that momentum from Phase One, and it really can't be. You know, this is this is the first part of basically a new story from from yeah. this point out. It's a great and point. There's there's a ton mm-hmm. of legwork you got to do, right? You got to build mm-hmm. the world over again. It's a different time period, even though it's still within the High Republic. And so, you know, if you accept that and say, okay, it was never going to be that rising storm, you know, it was never going to be anything like that. Then I think that it actually did a really good job because that ending was such a launch point for the rest of the phase that now my excitement levels are ramped up and, and that's what a part one should do. Right. So I think in that respect, it was actually very successful. Um, You know, I have my qualms with it and we'll get into those, you know, smaller things, but I do think it was, it was a successful start to a new phase.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think I would mostly agree with pretty much all that. I mean, like, I'm definitely in the camp that I thought it moved really slow. And, you know, rather than getting into all that, I'd rather just, like, kind of ask some, like, really big picture questions kind of about the book of, like, do you guys think it was – we asked this actually last – a couple weeks back when we did our preview for the phase two of, Mm -hmm. like, do you guys think it was – a good choice maybe start with the young adult book because like before we actually get into the book, let's get a little meta about it. Because like, this is very interesting that when they decided to go this route and it feels like maybe they're trying to do that thing that they don't really have to do, I guess a little bit of like trying to push the importance of the other mediums a little bit. And like, I don't know that it's really necessary to do that because they have kind of target audiences. You know, I don't think four white dudes were the target audience of a, you know, a four adult 30 year old, Western old man. Plus white dudes were uh still, were the t- still in my thirties, you jerk. <laughs> were the target of a young adult book. Um mm-hmm. that was, you know, largely uh kind of handmade in still time what? book, you know. Yeah. But I think we got what
0: we needed to get out of the story. Yeah. We found yeah. out like sort of the origin of the leveler, but we still don't know really the origin of the mother. Sure. We know that right. she talks like she's on a cloud. In the audiobook anyways. She's on uh, what, like really
3: far away? <laughs> she sounds yeah. like she's
0: She's like, "Oh, hello, everyone." Was oh, that the audiobook? <laughs> That's what she sounds oh. like. Oh, I don't like
3: that either. Yeah. Well,
2: I'll say it was. It was interesting for me because, like, I mean, for for me, as with a lot of folks, my first Star Wars book, like for real, was YA. It was Lost Stars, and I think that if you use the medium in a certain way, it, it can absolutely be targeted for all kinds of different audiences. Whereas this particular one. I think that once we got to, I think I wrote down like page two thirty or something, like right on uh-huh. chapter 23, 26, I wrote in my notes literally like, oh my god, this picked up, and yeah, it's, it's, it does and it's really pick same. up suddenly. Yeah, and it's the same book, and, and that is the same demographic, and it's. I think it's less of a. We started with a YA versus started not. It's that we started out with a story that just happened to be on a much smaller scale and was kind of. <clears throat> it, it, it was. I will say. I will say this. I think it was odd to start with a book. Where all a lot of the action and build up was at the end, when most folks that are reading it, we know that this is going to present a giant beginning, yeah. Like you said Char- like Charles, you said it has to do legwork. We know that something's coming, so when they're just walking through the market or like watching these like um baby Moncolas being born, I know I get that's <laughs> building the, the community, but I'm also like, but the levelers around somewhere, like you know yeah, I, and right. I think that yeah. also might be on me for bringing that in, but we also can't quite help that, so I sure. think that taking that part of the story in that way, I think is what kind of made that slow. Cause I think we, we using the word slow, we, you can use that in Andor as well, which all of us are loving right now, yeah, uh-huh. but that's methodical in a different way. And, it, and it's <clears throat> like, you know, I think that it's more of the fact that when it was written at its peak, it almost felt like it was, it was a new book starting Sure. sure. once the investigation. <clears throat> I'm like, Oh, this is the book. And, and it also makes me wonder because this was our first co-written book with Justine Ireland and Tessa Gratton. And I'm like, how I could kind of tell at points that there were two different authors, yeah, I could writing, too. and I am yeah. like, I wonder. Again, we will never know all the behind the scenes of everything, sure. but it, it definitely felt like a slightly more incongruous. It did. It felt a places. little bit, a little
4: bit like, uh, like you remember how we have talked about some, like uh, Timothy Zahn's, you know, original, uh, canon trilogy. That's not really a trilogy, mm-hmm. like with with uh, a lot. What is it? Alliances, and, alliances. Uh, and treason. And treason, yeah. And treason. Yeah, that they felt like a little bit like. I don't know. Like it wasn't like totally all original in some ways. You can kind of feel that mm-hmm. sort of stifled creativity if you dare go that far a little bit. Of like, mm. it's. I think I would imagine it's probably harder for a writer to, you mm. know, write a book like that has a lot of other people's ideas in it rather than you know just it's all just their own magic creativity that you know kind of earned them the success that they got to write Star Wars books. You know, so yeah, um, I definitely felt the same way. I think I think it's very analogous to like. Looking at like Light of the Jedi to this book is very analogous to like Episode Four <laughs> to the Phantom Menace in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? Because we interesting, we are kind yeah. of going backwards in time. Makes sense. We're starting off with a kind of kind of maybe even boring, like compared to the state of the galaxy type of story. I'm not saying this story was boring. I'm saying like I'm saying Phantom Menace taxation and sh- and shit compared to. You know, the thrill of how Episode 4 opened in the middle of a war, right? It's a little bit more of that, right? Of like we've already Mm -hmm. learned the story. Now we're going back in time to learn some of the origins. And some of the origins are a little boring because the Jedi were just kind of doing their thing. And then suddenly this crisis happened, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit of of what happened in this book, which is – Risky, I think, in some ways, considering how *Phantom Menace* and you know the fans received that in general, maybe a little bit risky to to go that way. And I I, I don't yet know if it's going to pay off. I think I will say, on my own side, that like I was pretty bored to the first part of the book, like as well. It took a long time to get it going, and then everything did happen at the very end. So, um, yeah, I think know.
3: I think it's not one to one either, though. Um, just mm-hmm. I mean, we I think we do have to acknowledge that <clears throat> YA books. They they are a different beast than the adult yeah, novels. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, they are. I, I will say, actually, that this felt like the most consequential YA book in the entire High Republic initiative. Like I would totally agree with that. I, I feel like there are... I think that's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's there true. There were stories from phase one that you didn't have to read the book mm-hmm. this one I feel like moving forward you probably needed to read yeah it
4: book. introduced a bunch of major characters exactly uh, totally. yeah villains yeah. and stuff I guess that we're building up to so yeah for sure. and the yeah. thing
3: that makes the YA books the YA books typically is that coming of age right and, the, mm-hmm. and there's typically a romance and that was like the first 75% of this book and for me yeah, if I like was gonna you know bring something up that maybe didn't work so much for me it's that i didn't really fully understand the connection between kevmo and marta mm-hmm. and so that's that's mm-hmm. what i'm curious from from you guys is if that had been i'm sure it worked for a lot of people out there if it was successful for me i think i would have enjoyed the book a lot more did mm-hmm. y'all feel that connection did you feel that love between them let's say how you might have felt it you know from a book like lost stars where i personally think it was very successful Mm, yeah makes it's on it
2: uh, i i my, my my easiest answer is is not really i think that i was and i was <laughs> like i love romance in my star wars books i'm i think it's you know all memes and and silly feelings aside like yep. i think it's actually really nice like it i works. love Princess and the scoundrel it works when, in i thought books. you know i thought that worked very well i think there has been romance like the the mm. elzar still in avar question Mm -hmm. stuff in phase one like i think you can do it very well lula and zine and the high republic adventures like i think we've seen very effective relationships and for for some reason in in this book i i i was reading all of them right like like charles you have some great quotes here in the outline um the one the one from page 200 where it's like he just liked Marta so much. The way she was kind and challenged him, so pretty and thoughtful, then turned around and did something that seemed impulsive, like she was following the will of the Force. When he was with her, Kevmo wondered if Marta and the Path did have special insight into living in harmony and clarity with the Force. Like, he, cle- the way he looks at her, and it is written, is actually very, like, cor- correct? I guess I'm like, yeah, that's what you would do. And for some reason, I just didn't get that extra yeah. level of Oh my gosh! I, I I hope these kids get together. Honestly, until the end, when she held yeah, him at the yeah. end, I was like, "Oh my god, they love each other!" But it I came know. out of nowhere for for me. It yeah. did
4: it did it for me too. She's so just like, "What? What do you mean you're not allowed
0: to? You're not allowed to have a relationship? That's stupid." Yeah, I mean, the, that's all about what the Force is. It's about relationships and about love and about sharing things. Yeah. And he's like, "No, I that's know. not what they taught me." I know. <laughs> so I know. the poor guy was questioning it right before he died.
4: Spoiler was. alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That's the way to put it. I think it was it was a little bit of too, of like um Kefmo didn't really seem to struggle with that at all. That wasn't like a key part of his character, like beforehand. So like to introduce mm-hmm. it, like he really didn't seem like it was like a like a, a struggle. Like I feel like if if you're gonna make the Jedi romance thing work, like it either has to be like they totally just fall head over heels, like uh mm-hmm. like in um I'll start. Anakin the, Skywalker? No, 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 no. What's the, what's the, what's the book with the, with the guy from The Phantom Menace? The the book with uh, the... Yeah, no. Oh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> what am, what Star Wars Brotherhood
2: with Anakin Skywalker. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
4: the one with Ventress. What's the book with Ventress? Oh, the Dark famous Disciple. One. Dark Quindland Disciple. Voss. Yes, Quinlan Voss. Voss. Good oh, Lord. Man, I had stumbled Quindland over that Voss. one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Quinlan Voss. Uh, <laughs> Quinlan Voss was just like... He was just into it. It was like not a lot of... Not a lot of mm-hmm. like struggle, you know. He just kind of like right. gave into the passion. We didn't really see that. He was just like, "No, I'm good." Initially, a little bit, right? Like, kind of how it felt to some degree. Also so. with
3: gold face tattoos. Interesting. That's right. Enough. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's very Something true. There. That's very
4: true. So, so I don't know. I I think it's always risky to do the the Jedi romance thing because it's it's such a key part of their culture. It's a really fun one to explore, especially in a young adult book. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I I thought it felt a little bit, I don't know, a little bit sudden in some ways like Mm -hmm. like I don't know I don't know that that sometimes happens in young adult books too though right like where it's like nothing is there and then suddenly it's all passion I will say that was written well the passion parts were written pretty well yeah um yeah not pretty well they were written really well those were believable like it felt like they Mm. they were really into each other during those moments um yeah but like I feel like the build-up to that a little bit was delayed yeah
2: I frankly liked the relationship between um Yana and her girlfriend (laughs) way more. I thought no, that they oh, yeah. were an a a extremely point. believable couple and then when she when she passed at the end that that's when I, I wrote in my notes like oh wait I think I do care about these characters because that, that that's when I actually felt the first part of emotion about this book was when her girlfriend died and I was like oh, I'm like oh okay great so that kind of and that's when again the the action starts ramping up like, as we talk about but I, so it was weird I was like I think I kind of want to read a book more about them, because that, that feels yeah. way more conflicted, of like, sure, you're in a yeah. cult, I want to leave this cult, come uh-huh. with me, but my father's here, that's a book, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Core. thank you, yeah, Yana and Core. I loved them, and I'm like, it's like when the camera kept going over to Kevin, mm. I'm like, no, look over here, <laughs> this is cool.
4: Like, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's another, one of those, another one of those points that's like, this is just straight assumption on our part, because we don't know a damn thing about how these projects are come together, it's not an mm-hmm. assumption of mine of like, it feels like that is one of those things that felt kind of cornered a little bit like it felt like the creativity mm-hmm. was a little little stifled there because i feel like the yana and core stuff was like like you say it was all very good and you kind of want it to you know get back to that stuff so yeah mm-hmm. but but the but the but the character's death doesn't have value if you don't add you know, right this type of stuff exactly. back in so i kind of felt like these some of those decisions feel a little shoehorned in, in some ways which i don't know if that's just how writing works if that's how it happens when it's a Multiple author project. If that's how High Republic stuff works, it is such a collaborative thing, I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm I'm talking on my ass here. I have no idea why it is. <laughs> maybe this is just. Maybe it was all intentionally written this way, and I'm just an idiot. I mean, that's also very much possible as well. So, um, but yeah, yeah, we do have what eight eight other books in phase two that we have to read. Yeah, yeah.
2: so, so just yeah, three
4: every kind of um kind of related to this a little bit if you guys don't mind I'd love to steer the conversation a little bit about the the biggest kind of concept that was a big part of this book was this whole religious cult thing that was like huge I mean that was like this book was like the Handmaid's Tale Star Wars edition uh, with, you know, for the first 80% of the book. Right. And I will say this was a bit of a turnoff for me um, straight mm-hmm. up. I have a lot of personal religious trauma if you want to go there. And so I found it a little bit triggering to some degree. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And it was supposed sure. to. And I think that is yeah. a testament to the fact that the culty stuff was written really, really well um, in, this, mm-hmm. in this yeah. book. It was written really, really yeah. well. And, Almost to the point. I was I was thinking about this a lot because you know we've we've seen culty stuff in other Star Wars books before. The one that came to mind the most is from the you know AC Jedi, yeah, Jedi Order Solo. Yeah, Jedi Order, the AC Crispin uh, Han Solo trilogy. There's this whole culty thing that's going on yeah. in that book too, right? Nice ah,
2: uh, the sex rhinos.
4: Yeah, the sex rhinos, that's right. And uh, if you guys haven't read it's I remember that if I had tool. read it. Yes. You, know, you probably would. If uh you know, if you have not read that, just to give you a little bit of context without major spoilers, like there's uh you know, there's there's some culty stuff that happens in this book where all these people are kind of tricked into this religious experience that's not real and that they're all kind of like involved in the spice trade, right, is the is the short version. And I felt like in those in those books, and it's been a long time since I've read them, but I feel like in those books, like all the kind of bad stuff that the cult is up to is a little more in your face. It's a little, a little more obvious. And we're seeing that through the lens of Han Solo, who, you know, has a incredible bullshit radar, right? Like, right. so, you know, like, so we're seeing it through the lens of Han Solo, um, in which he's like, yeah, this is ridiculous from the start. Whereas this, it's like, even as the reader, you're kind of strung along for a long time of like, is this group kind of up to no good? And we slowly learn through the course of Yana and core story that, Yeah, they're doing some real shady shit when they go off planet, right? So um, I thought that was written really, really well. And to see this through the lens of Marta, which is how this book differs, right? Through the lens of Marta, we get to see that everything is all sunshine and daisies. And, and I found Marta's character to be incredibly frustrating for me and incredibly mm. triggering for me because she's so in to the, to the true religion, you know, that like, mm-hmm. that like, she just kind of like spews all this crazy nonsense that she obviously doesn't know anything about, um, you know, when compared to the Jedi and we, as the reader know all about the Jedi and know about their mastery of the force and know that they're kind of right about the force and what they yeah. what Marta says is kind of crazy. So, you know, what did you guys think about the religious cult stuff? Like, what what were your initial gut reactions to these? To the heaviness of this, it was very heavy handed. I felt like mm-hmm. when
0: I when I listened to it, I feel like they had a point. It is it is believable. Yeah. If you listen, if you hear what they say, like the force is amongst everything. If you use the force, then you're then you're using that life force, and something else is yeah. suffering. I mean. It it makes sense the way that they put it out and the way the examples that they used. Mm-hmm. So I could see it in that point of view. And that's where those two points of view that I was talking about earlier were conflicting. Um when Marta was talking about that to Kev and Kev was like, No, that's not how it works. We just we use the force and we give it back and that's how this whole thing works in tandem together. Yeah. And she's just like, No, no, no. no. Yeah. You're hurting something when you manipulate the force that way. And sure. so it's believable to me. So that's fair.
3: Get, yeah, get Wes a robe. That's what he I just know. said. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well,
2: I love I love that you brought it up um, Cory. Home, children. You know, that cuz that was one of one of the things that I really took out of this and Wes you nailed it cuz I also wrote I you know, can we understand where the path is coming from? You know? I'm and sure. and mm-hmm. I think by the end obviously we get to the point of, okay, they are using this rhetoric, which maybe they believed at the beginning, to now steal artifacts, to now get power over the galaxy, and now you're going to destroy everything that doesn't agree with you, which is
4: to get, how uh, to get rods cults work. To be yes, specific. to get the rods.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's right. So I, I think one of the issues with Infinity that, obviously at, the end we, obviously at the end <laughs> we know, settle. Settle <laughs> down, you. Um, at the end of the book, I think we obviously understand this is the end of the cult story all all cults are bad that's that's where books go it is but i agree that at the beginning um charles uh, put in some some quotes in the outline here that i really liked um including on page 160 kevmo's thinking about them and he says gifts freely given he thought which is like one of their catchphrases and then he silently laughed at himself was he really beginning to consider that the teachings of the path might have merit absolutely not He was a Jedi, and he knew the Force, but there was something nice about giving of oneself without the expectation of something in return. It was, at its heart, the hallmark of the Jedi. And I like that a lot because at this point in time, the Jedi are at their their golden age, right? That's the whole pitch of the higher public. This is the Jedi at their power. Everyone trusts the Jedi. We love that. Whereas by the time we get to Phantom Menace and things like that, they're kind of been corrupted a bit. They are a little more of a cult status and things like that. The Way Seeker idea is out the window. You have to stay in the temple and do the Dogma of the Jedi. I like him being faced with it actively and actually considering it and then realizing, no, this isn't right. And then being proven right at the end. And I think that's really key. But while I agree, Corey, Marta is very frustrating in this book because of the <laughs> fact that she can't quite see through the dogma that we as readers can and that uh-huh. Yana has seen through. Right. Um, at the end of it, as a story, why, like Charles, I am now e- really, really hyped for the continuation of this, even if some things in this currently didn't work for me. I saw Marta be- doubling down on being kind of a zealot, being like, you know yeah. what? It's like, it's like when you hear about Scientology, mm-hmm. when even people think about it that it might be wrong, sometimes you just got to double down and be like, you know what? I'm in it now, whether it's for power, whether it's for belief, I don't care. She's ascended yeah. beyond that. So even sure. if the path did have a great idea because, hey, we, we, we hate the Sith for abusing the Force, right? You're turning the Force against its will to do your own thing. The Jedi kind of do that in a little way. Yeah. Doesn't matter at this point. Now it's about power and revenge, and I like that evolution of the cult. Yeah, I mean,
3: Absolutely. I mean, not
0: so, not so much about power. <laughs> about oh, my. Friendship, oh my god! Oh my god! The friendship robe. and family.
3: It's less Is that
4: snuggie. No, it's like yeah, a, a robe, baby. It's a robe, dude. It's a robe. <laughs> it's a ro- it looks like a. This is a. <laughs> looks like a Catholic just, priest robe, dude. What is that? Are you an Wes?
0: Exactly, that's exactly what it is. I was a priest on Saturday for a murder
4: mystery <laughs> dinner. Oh,
3: my <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why oh, uh, Wes God. disappeared. And
4: turned out he went to get his went to get his yeah. priest robe. Sorry. Yeah. Well,
3: the thing is, I mean, bad people can have good ideas, right? It right. doesn't mean all yeah. all their ideas are good. Like you know, the path talking about gifts freely given, cool. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm on board with <laughs> yeah. that. You start like hatching demon dog ghosts Free-ing. out of jewels and turning people into stone pillars. I'm less all about that. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be on my way. So
2: we don't love yeah. it.
3: Yeah, but yeah. but the Marta thing in particular, I think was it was important to focus so much on her and her reaction to these things because she is like. As far as you could go into this cult, basically. Like at the end of this book, the moment that really made me pull back and be like, how is this still happening? is when she left Kevmo when he was killed. Mm -hmm. And I thought she was walking into that chamber and we were going to have a 180 where Yana was going to stay with the cult and Marta was going to try to kill the mother. And, you know, we were going to see that kind of flip. But then she hmm. got in there and she was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no doubt. We got, we got the leveler now. And I was no, like, no, yo, cool. Kefmo's still dead, man. Like, so yeah. I, that, that really pulled me out. But it also did show like, that's how far into this yeah, thing she it is. is. Yeah. And maybe it was laid out really well. Sorry, go ahead, Corey. I was
4: going to say, maybe maybe in a weirdly, I don't know, get your, I want to get your thoughts on this, maybe in like a weirdly not- super toxically <laughs> like well she's she's got the lightsaber which is very interesting to me yeah. Right. like yeah the lightsaber is almost like symbolic that like like maybe yep. maybe the cult isn't like you know all the right way you know what i mean like maybe there is a little bit more to this this thing i feel like it's a symbol to some ways oh, of like sure. she's holding well, also, on to like the jedi stuff maybe a little.
2: it's bit. a gold lightsaber right
3: it is no, right, Kevmo's. Yes, Go- it is yeah. Which
2: mm-hmm. also that that image of her holding a gold lightsaber is a direct visual parallel to her descendant Markion holding
3: Loden's gold lightsaber in Phase yeah. oh One. My God. So like, <laughs> oh. well, and and I was gonna bring this up at one point or another on page three twenty eight. We get the quote where she accepts her position as the guide. Mm-hmm. And she's still holding the lightsaber, and here's a quote it says, Marta nodded at the elders. She bowed to them hands out, lightsaber in one, the other in open palm. And so it was such great imagery there because the path was mm-hmm. always their their symbol was two open palms, and now one of them is closed around this weapon, and you can see that's the trajectory. That's of right. the whole. Sure. Yes. So it's just totally changed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and on, on that, can we can we take this and talk just for a little bit about um the ultimate weapon, which is the the leveler, right? Yeah. We, we've yeah. now we we've seen this in so many forms in the Firepower. We started out with the the shadowy beast in Rising Storm, right? This invisible this idea almost, of like fear. predator. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. And uh, then we go to it. It was drawn for the first time in the Trail of Shadows comic. We saw mm-hmm. it, and now we get to see it literally born from an egg that now that then evolves and now grows into this death
4: i thing. Not gonna lie, yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely disgusting, and, I, and I, because it's so disgusting, let's read about the description. Um, on page two ninety six, it reads as follows. The thing clung to the Soykin's arm, and the Jedi drew back in revulsion. Yana watched as the strange grayscale extended over her body. It spread slowly at first before increasing its pace. The woman's pale, silvery skin was replaced with something akin to the stone that made up the walls of the caverns, and the sounds of fear, revulsion, and pain that came from her cut through Yana like a vibroblade. What was that thing? Had the mother known that she was incubating such a creature? So like it is a just a vi- yeah it's a cr- it's critter get it get it. Um, what do you guys think about now? This thing that was an idea and is now like a biological being. We see it. We've seen it. We've seen it now grow. It grows in the book, and now it can be controlled like a pet. That is now the yeah. symbol for this expanding cult. Like. We thought the Nile take, were the big bad. Maybe the drink Gear. Now it is clear the Leveler is the thing for the High Republic yeah. as a whole. Where are we? Where are be, we on
4: this? I'm a big fan of this. Honestly, I thought it was done really, really <laughs> Me well. Too. Like it was, uh, it was real creepy and real scary, which is what they needed to do with this. If it was yeah, just Happy like, Halloween. If it was uh yeah exactly if this was uh you know lion in a cage scenario and they're gonna un- unleash the beast and without all this weird creepy the mother is its caretaker right mm-hmm. like what kind of name is it? the mother and she's like speaking into the orb the whole time right mm-hmm. and like it's it's very witchy and creepy and scary and they continue to get this stuff really right like it's really hard to capture this sort of like existential dread like sensation because they don't they don't really just feel like straight up pain or anything like that they feel this crazy haunting yeah lingering death sensation yeah Yeah. right and they get that right man like it's so scary every time
2: yeah what scares the jedi was the question at the beginning of the higher public they talk about that in the art of the higher public book but that was like what what uh i believe kevin scott was the one on the retreat that said like that's the thing what scares the jedi that's the whole purpose of the higher and i'm like you know what (laughs) It's just it's, it's
0: critters. It's yeah. critters from Orbs. And we really only got like the We didn't really get the beginning. We may have got like, like the middle, maybe? Because they said mm-hmm. that, you know, this thing, this egg, it can open up and hatch, if you will, and turn into the and turn into the leveler. Well then uh Sunshine's like
4: well, I know Sunshine. where we can find more of these. How about San that? San like, San we just, San San we just glossed San. right over that too, right? That just happened real fast <laughs> like in the book. I'm glad you guys <laughs> caught that. What's that all about, man? Is there? Are we gonna are we gonna go know. to the Orb Orby planet? Is that what we're gonna well, do? I,
0: tell me this.
3: Why tell me this. Know? Is the
4: jewel on Andor? Is that something? It's not level.
3: No. On uh, no. <laughs> no. You don't know. No, but he does. You
0: don't know until it doesn't hatch. He right, does
3: guys. say that those <laughs> jewels, just like the one that he brought to the mother, he says they litter the landscape, and it would be no hardship to raise an army of levelers <laughs> to spread the love of the path. Not where I was expecting. Spread the, the end love. Of the spread the love. <laughs> yeah. Love. love, love, love. Uh, this I is what the we will Beatles make them wanted. love us
1: by force.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, That's but, cult. but if one leveler or one nameless does this right i mean it does make you look ahead to phase three because Mm -hmm. uh, there might be more coming or like even more than we've even seen we do know there's more than just the leveler but there might be even more there might be an actual army and what scared me about this one in particular is that it did kind of change what it did to people i mean it still more or less incapacitated them cut them off from the force all that stuff but they were like stone instead of a corn husk I guess. Yep. And Yep. And it didn't need to like stay on top of you and and do this to you. Like it touched Kevmo and then he ran. Yeah. And then it he still <laughs> right. turned to stone, which is it's like pretty a delayed effect. Well, we have
4: like yeah. listen, so in in phase 1, we get the leveler kind of like turns you into a husk, kind of a gas, right? We have uh mm-hmm. the phase phase 2 where it turns you to stone. Is phase 3 going to be like it turns you into a liquid just so we get all the different <laughs> Yeah, all the different forms of like vapor, <laughs> <laughs> you, they, right. you melt like the Wicked Witch of the West, like in, yeah. But I
2: hope so. So, Stephanie <clears throat> Mack brings up a great point in the chat. I think you were on uh, before we get off there. There There is a leveler army because in Eye of the Storm, the comic, which I know you mentioned in your, your notes here, Charles, yeah, um, we get notes about the Evereni, which I want to hit on, but we also do see a lot of leveler nameless ones starting to breed, and it is an idea that. Yeah, they are coming, as Gandalf would say.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second because, mm-hmm. as we mentioned, like this book had a lot of legwork to do, a lot of things to explain. And I'm curious, did you guys feel like it explained those things well? Because there's so many questions, right? Like mm-hmm. we needed to learn more about the Evereni and about Markian Rose lineage. You know, we needed to learn more about the Leveller and the Nameless. We needed to learn about the rod that Markian's been using to control the Leveller, like there were so many questions did this book answer more questions than it asked because for me while it mm. you know wes you said it felt like a middle chapter and in that respect i definitely agree with you because like did it answer a question yeah but it asked another one on top of it so like oh where did the yeah. leveler come from oh from this jewel and i'm like oh cool all right thanks wait what where did the jewel come like what exactly <laughs> so, <there's laughs> no. so many more questions oh, right on
4: yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's the planet. It's on the planet with all the orbs. The you secret know, like, planet that like, this random guy what? named Sunshine
3: is the only Sunshine? one who knows about. Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, like, can we talk
4: about Sunshine for a second? Like you guys we all knew that guy was scum as soon as we met him, right? With the name oh, like, yeah, Sunshine? of Sunshine. Like, come on. For sure. Dude, so cold killer, for sure. For sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it answered I think it was about an equal in equal parts for me, Charles. I think that it answered number one, where does the where did the Nile basically come from? And from that we're like, Cool. Mm. We've seen a row. We've seen A dumb, a dumb seen, cult
4: on some nowhere planet. <laughs> Talna, right?
2: We've seen uh, the gaze electric. We've seen so um, the using the stripes to do the force. Now we assume those are going to turn into the Nile symbol. Like so, like it answered a lot of that. Great. Uh, what about the leveller? How does that thing even exist? Is it an organic <laughs> being? Great. We've literally now seen it hatch. We now understand that. What, how is Row exempt from it? How's he controlling it? Great. Now we've seen the device that controls it. Like so, it answered a lot of those. But, but like then,
3: what? What are the rocks Like, why does that control can, that oh, thing? Oh, force artifact. What's you know, a, dude, what's a uh, listen? They are infinity. are you
4: know. infinity stones. You cannot convince me otherwise because there's, are, mul- <laughs> <much> there's multiple <laughs> colors yeah. now. What was the main yep. one from the from phase one? It was was it purple see, or was it? Yeah, it's red? purple.
2: That's the one that Marta. That's the one that ya- Yana has right now. Okay, yeah, that's they, the, that's the one. That's the one that Yana has. Yeah, there's one on Jeddah where there's going to be a battle next year. Just saying. That's daybreak.
3: I think. And then yeah. the Hynestian yeah. royal family, I think, had the other. They stole one. Yep. one from,
4: yeah. Are they is that I an mean, important name by the way? Hynestian? Do we know who that is?
2: It's been mentioned before, um, yeah. I believe in phase one at times. It reminds
4: um, me a little bit of the uh what is it in this is Deep Legends pool here. What is it what is Jason Solo's uh daughter from? Remember he he was he was like into that into the queen of the starts from an H. Hylian? No, that's Legend of Zelda. I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Jerry's in the clue. chat. He can tell us yeah. anyway. There's there's, there's a there's an there. there's an H royalty. It Starts with an H royalty mm-hmm. from Legends, and I can't remember what it, what 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 the name it is. But anyway, yeah, I wonder if it was similar to that. and Prime was dropped in this uh, book too. Yep. I heard that it name yep. dropped. It was. <laughs> sure was. Can't remember what was. Yeah, the
2: ha- Hapes or Hapes. The hapes.
4: Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. hapes cluster, that's it. Those people.
0: The hapes consortium. That's just something that like somebody has to go check with
4: you or Charles about yeah, because they had a crazy night Valtrux in New Orleans. <laughs> Jared says pronounced hapes. Hapes. Hey, yeah. The hapes consortium, that's what it was, if I remember correctly. Yeah.
2: Um, but I, I will say, I think that at, at the end of the day, though, all the questions that it asked, I wasn't Hates. frustrated that I didn't get answers in this book because I think that because as I'm a High Republic reader, I know that there's another book coming. Now, is that fair for a book to make that happen? I don't know. When you read a book it's part of a series, you know you're not going to get all the answers in one book, and you know it's going to make you go to the next one. That's any trilogy series for forever. Um, so I think because of how good the end was and how how interested I am in those questions, it's, it's a success. But I can absolutely understand that some people read this book and are like, I feel like I know less than I did when I started, and I don't like that, yeah. and I think I'll be interested to come back around to this question next May or June, once we've read Cavan's Path of Vengeance, that closes it out.
3: Yeah. I will say, too, that it did, while, while it didn't necessarily give a concrete answer to every question, it did some more subtle things that I thought were cool, like yeah, at the end of the book, when you see everyone back on the Gaze Electric, and you see the the kind of power shifting amongst the cult, whereas at first it was basically just the mother, maybe the herald Mm -hmm. still had some sway, and then it became like, okay, it's still the mother, but now there's like the guide and the champion, which is Marta and Yana, and they're kind of up there with the mother, and the herald's still floating around and trying to get them to help him kill the mother, and it felt very much like the structure of the Nile when we met them in Light of the Jedi. It felt like, oh, they're almost like Tempest Runners, And the mother right. is almost like the eye, oh, and like yeah. it, you can see the seeds of that kind of being sown, which was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and they're all ready to kill each other at a moment's notice. Now, like we've gone from yeah. how can we all give gifts freely given and make sure there's children to like, okay, I am going to kill her soon. Yeah, but freely given. I need to get this thing blade
3: between the ribs. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
2: yeah, I. It's again the, the ending just sets up so many freaking cool things, and I think that the the end of that like. It's so odd because it really is a tale of two stories. There is the interpersonal connections of Yana and Kor, Kevmo and Marta, Marta and Yana, Harold, the Harold and Kor, Marta and the mother. Like, I want to be a child. And at the end, it all kind of gets washed away to be like, cool, these universe-destroying beasts are coming and everyone might kill each other. The Jedi got to be worried. And <clears> it's <throat> like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. It's such, a, such a, a 180 that ends on this cool thing. And I think that all those questions are really interesting and i don't yeah i just again i think they're really interesting and it ends in such a cool place and all those earlier questions kind of just fade by the wayside for me
4: yeah
0: what is up with the names the last name roe or the last like for a lot of them so there's marta mm-hmm. roe markeon mm-hmm. roe uh,
3: they're related that? yeah i mean are they I, yeah, so like, literally, I went, yeah, back, yeah we know that either. we know that for sure You're literally like, is, that, yeah yeah, sure. yeah he's okay. dead,
2: he's literally a descendant it's, yeah
3: i was curious okay. is that his like because we don't know how great long mother? they live i was like is that your grandma's that your great papa <laughs> but then i went nope. back and <laughs> looked in the eye of the storm comic and you yep. see Asgard talking to his mother and he calls her something that starts with an s i went back and looked today to see oh crap was that like marta but it wasn't so she's yeah. at least I think a it's couple one generations more generation.
2: But we can we talk about yeah. the Evereni a little bit? Because we, yeah. we we talked about... In Eye of the Storm, it's really great because that's when the Evereni are, are dropped. That's that's the race of folks that Markian comes from. It was all hush-hush mm. hush in Phase 1. And in this book, we, we learn that at this point in history, the Evereni have a very bad reputation, right? like Yana and Marda are kind of distrusted wherever they go, just by default. They have, like, pointed teeth. But no matter what they do, they're thought of as cunning, kind of backstabby people. Like, what do you guys think of getting more of that? And w- with the way that Yana and Marta talked to each other, did you get the vibe that like, I don't know, are people right about the already? Like at the end of the day, they do kind of kill some people. But what was it like, kind of seeing a little interplay between them?
0: Well, they did think that the humans were weak, so that's that's one thing that I pulled out. <laughs> They're of They're not book. wrong though. They said they said the humans are weak. We're much stronger, and then we can break them like a twig. And so that was, easy. and she did. Yeah. There was a yeah. there was a scene where she just like she heard shouting and immediately ran by and snaps in poor guy's neck and then just kept on going. And I was like, Christ. holy crap! The Evereni are badasses. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. I'm try, I, I'm trying to find a good picture of them, but a lot of them they don't have their mouth showing. I want to see their teeth. I know. But, um,
3: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has good and bad qualities, and it's just kind of what gets. Fostered, you know, and and right. if mm-hmm. you live your whole life and everyone tells you like, no, you are bad, like you are bad, you are bad. It mm-hmm. is probably a higher chance you're going to end up becoming a bad person. And I mean, I think yeah, Marta was right. was case in point for that. But I think it also speaks towards how did how did markian come about? Because he's almost mm-hmm. even the next level. Like that dude is evil yeah, incarnate. Yeah. Like he is just dark. And oh, man, that's how. I got daddy
2: issues, man. Well, Asgard. yeah, that's definitely part <laughs> awesome of it. Dad.
3: But like. I think that if, if you can't find your place like in the galaxy, in the entire galaxy, because these people are going planet to planet and they're hated everywhere, yeah. eventually right. you're going to make your own place. And it just happened to be the Gaze Electric and it happened to be yeah. the Nile and everything that flowed yeah. from that was really a, a culmination of the hatred that they, that they took in. You know, they yes. just kind of projected it back out to the rest yeah, of the galaxy. Right.
2: Which which is which brings me to the to the one thing that we have not somehow touched on yet, but I think is might actually be the biggest takeaway from this book going forward, which is finding you talk about finding a community, finding other people, you know, growing and, and expanding. Marta's whole goal at the end of this book is based around wanting to go to Jeddah. Yeah. And we hear so much in this book about Jeddah, about the fact that there is a, a conclave of religions and, and vast amounts of people. And we, of course, know in this initiative we're going to the Battle of Jeddah next year. We know that's a title. Uh, the High Republic comic relaunched with a new number one issue that takes place on Jeddah, yeah. um, And I think that when they were talking about, you know, Path of the sea, it's going to be really important going forward. Obviously, the stuff with the Leveler's key. Obviously, we get Marta Rowe. But I, I personally think that everything we got seated about Jeddah and about its importance and about now the vibe of the path of the open hand towards the people of Jeddah is gonna be freaking huge going forward, isn't it?
4: I don't know yet. Um I think it's a very interesting question. They've tried to make Jeddah important multiple times in Star Wars Canon so far, mm-hmm. but they've never made it a key story point, you know what I mean? Like we had the Battle mm-hmm. of Jeddah in um, in Canon. It was called the Battle of Jeddah, right? I think it was. Yeah, Battle of Jeddah. Yes, Battle. It's called the Battle, of, called the Battle of, in Canon in uh like uh, uh before oh, the, the Battle Force Battle Awakens. Jedha, it? Yeah, it's called the Battle of Jeddah. Like the last. Wait, no, no, not no. not Jeddah. That's it's, the ba- uh... that's
2: that's Jakku. It's Jakku <laughs> that we're thinking about. Ah, yes, yes. Yes. I'm like, Lucky. oh I mean Rogue One, that I mean, wasn't a Jedi battle that, was
4: a,
3: get blown up,
2: that right. was a massacre. I was like, wait, <laughs> I
4: was like, wait a minute. Wait, that's a, that's yeah, a no. that, that was you're right. The, I was the, the whole I yeah. not even realize this. The whole time I read this book, I was thinking about why do they keep talking about the Battle why of Jedha? We've, we've already had that. No, it was Jakku. Oh idiot. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. Well I think I I I the Battle of Jetta is the audio the
0: audio drama, right? That is
3: coming out later. There will be a battle of Jeddah. But I, think, I guess I think you're right. It's gonna be the setting for this phase or a yeah, lot of this phase going forward. I'm
4: excited to see Jeddah like in its prime, because it feels like we have we have like tried to talk about Jeddah about it in its prime a lot in several different books and, and after Rogue One we had that uh that one little short book. I can't remember what it's called. Guardians, um, of, the it's the a, Guardians it's, of the Wills. Guardians of the Wills. yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's right. Yeah, Guardians of the Wills. It kinda highlights a, a little bit a little bit of that. <laughs> and uh I'm excited to finally see it. I hope it is epic. <laughs> it yeah. kind of feels like it's going to be. Yeah,
2: because we're, we're, we're starting to see in the in the comic that again, Cavins writing again as he did with the first one. I know a lot of folks wait on the collections for those, um, but the first issue has been out, and we get to see visually Jeddah in, in its prime now, and we get to see like all these different groups and religions and stuff. And I'm I'm fascinated now by, you know, Marta talks so much about wanting to go there, and she's like, this is such a clear path. Like we will be legitimized. And we will be able to share our views of the force with everybody. How great. And at the end of the book, you realize, like, why the mother never wanted to go there because the mother's never been interested in actually converting people to their ideas. It's clearly been so much about power. And to watch Mm -hmm. Marta, I think, slowly begin to realize that now as the guide is kind of chilling because that's kind of how idealism falters, right? It's people get into these great groups and they're like, oh, we just want to share peace and share ideals. Wouldn't it be great if we went to this great unified place and shared it, our ideals and they're like no child that is by force about, you idiot. <laughs> yeah we, we're, we're probably
3: gonna attack these people very viciously <laughs> that's i'm glad you brought up the mother because she's something that we've not talked about too much and i think we yeah. should talk about her She's a force yeah yeah i mean who who is she and what are the abilities that she actually has because you know the path thinks that she has force visions which maybe mm-hmm. she does maybe she doesn't she's did seem to have an understanding of force artifacts. She knew the jewel was very important as, as soon as she saw it. Um, there, there are kind of a lot of things like that, and there's a quote from right towards the end of the book um, where she kind of slips. And rather than saying, like, oh, yeah, this is the will yeah. of the force, she says, I do not want the path on Jeddah at this time. And Marta's thinking <laughs> about it, and it says, the words Ray and Marta's skull, I do not want, I do not, I, not the force. Marta frowned. She'd never heard the mother express her own needs in such a way. It was always the forces needs, the will of the force. So obviously she's Mm -hmm. got her own agenda. I don't think any of us doubted that, but like, what is she, what is it? What is she accomplishing? And how does she do the things that she's doing? Well, fun
2: fact the mother's – we find out her name's Alicia in the book.
3: And you're going to bring up her last name in the title. of you the comics. You better believe I What will... are Easter eggs for, Eric? What are they for? Because
2: I think <laughs> it's important
1: now.
3: It is um, important. No, so, <laughs> no. Say this. Yeah. I learned this today. I, it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, so we find out that in a, in a character reveal trailer from Star Wars, her full name is Alicia Zevron. That's her name. She's known as the mother. In The Higher Republic number one, in the secondary story, we find a Jedi Knight named Olivia Zevron. Right. There are no coincidences in Star Wars, right? So there is a Jedi Knight, not Pat on a full Jedi Knight with the same last name as the mother. So a lot of people have speculated or, you know, come to the logical conclusion that this is likely the daughter, the biological daughter of the mother. And if you have a child that in your mind is maybe stolen by the Jedi or is maybe leaves your cult to go study with the Jedi, you know, I think that could make me a little bit of an extremist. Um, I think that there is a very really? large that's, chance. That's
4: your like red line in the sand. Eric is. is that's that, it. Yeah, right I mean, there.
2: if someone took Morden away from me, I'd be like, time to burn it down. Like, I mean, yeah. it's very.
0: Oh, I would get definite tunnel vision and yeah. just like. <laughs>
2: it's... But, so
0: I... I've been in that. I've been in that place before, and I was thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, on the way home, listening to this book, actually, I was just like, I would be exactly in her shoes. I would want to march through there, and I don't care what happened to me after the end. Somebody's do gonna, somebody's gonna get their ass beat, or somebody's gonna die, <laughs> and I don't care what's happening afterwards. I'm yep. gonna feel good about it while it's happening.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it's such a huge weird. So yeah, so Charles, you found that out today as you're doing Easter eggs. What what did you think when they hit that? Because that was like a wild revelation
3: my my kind of thought when we were going through the book is that the mother makes it seem as if she has these abilities that she doesn't have right um because like she was working with sunshine and no one knew that and they i think trees made a comment about how she might be getting hyperspace paths from prospectors and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i thought it was all smoke and mirrors type things but then she did have that power over Sunshine that seemed to be more so than like she has a nice smile, right? Like there was a, yeah. there was a quote where on page 193 and Sunshine says, this space where Alicia was felt like home, like a place where he could put down roots and be the kind of person he'd always wanted to be. Faithful, honest, trustworthy. And it wasn't that he wanted anything romantic with the mother. No, she was too good for him and he knew that. But to be at her beck and call, what could be better than that? After all, the force must be free, and she was the only one who could do that. He was lucky to know her. Sunshine stumbled a bit at the thought and frowned. Where did that come from? He didn't care about the force one way or the other. A rush of annoyance surged through him. The mother's eyes opened, and she gave Sunshine a warm smile. You've returned home. Welcome. The vexing feeling evaporated, and Sunshine returned the smile. So like she's doing something, man. Whether it's like yeah. using yeah. the force overtly or is she's, it a passive she's, she's thing? Or? She's
4: vibrating her throat gills at a certain. Is it pheromones <laughs>
3: again? Are we back to pheromones? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> a that was a, was a, a I got you reference, but yeah, there's
2: there's definitely something with that. And I think if her daughter has force abilities that she's using as a Jedi Knight, you know, it it makes sense that she may have force abilities. Now that gets to the question. Then why don't the why doesn't the leveler attack her? Are they, there's so many. There's so many questions about her that I, I definitely uh, think will be answered.
4: How did she end up with the leveler again? Did Sunshine bring it to her? Yeah, from
2: that world. Yeah, yeah he had it
4: right, it right, from right. that he, world. You just gave the very beginning. Was like, the I, very yeah. beginning, but he he didn't he say was, he came by. Yeah, but he didn't say how he got it though, right? Like. Well, he said he he found it on a far-off world, right? He said he has
3: a secret world that only he knows about. That's why he killed Alonzo Santecas, because he was worried that this path that he had was leading to his secret world. But we don't know how he found that world. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, and I
2: will say, as a little preview for you folks, uh, Sunshine Dobbs has a very brief mention in George Mann's Quest for the Hidden City, and there is talk about, like, worlds that they've been to and, like, Prospector's finding. So this is definitely a time where where way more of hyperspace is not mapped yeah. Whereas uh, the prospectors have a lot of secrets, and I think that this is yep. again, he probably I believe if I remember correctly at the beginning of this book came with the intention to like sell this essentially to the mother as like a find, but then because of her effect on him, he's like oh my god have it this is for you now I will do whatever you command me and I think right. that's uh an interesting yeah she because wrote.
0: that happened so early in the book how did that how did that come across so like he handed it over he's like I will. If I give this to you for free, would you allow me to be your like your helper and go find more of these artifacts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like but he's working for her now for free?
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically. Yeah. Isn't also that, because uh, of her influence? Yeah. Also
4: she only used her magic powers on him the whole <laughs> book too, right? So like
3: I think well, it worked on the cold too.
2: Yeah, say did that I think that was in the background that kind of worked on Marta. When she, when she did was like it? she felt that when she whenever she saw her, she's like oh my god the mother like before you mm. kind of see through the gaze a little bit, she does seem to have this aura of yeah of
4: something. But also yeah. that uh mm-hmm. the the main guy the main you know, the main cult leader guy whatever his name the is uh, the Harold yeah the Harold yeah, yeah his name is Harold <laughs> name, <his> <laughs> oh Harry <laughs> Herald. the Herald, yeah. Or Harold. Yeah. Uh, Harold yeah Harold you know is uh, <laughs> apparently immune to it. Old Harry, you know, he's immune to it.
3: Yeah, which ironically, not... his version of hair has been cut off.
2: Yeah, it's a rough past. Yeah, but yeah. I think true. that she's definitely got something going there, and I think that, I mean, Star Wars has never shied away from a good old parent-child uh, big confo- confrontation, Yeah, right? She's well, a there, was a, there was an interesting <laughs> quote uh,
3: where Kevmo and Zala were, were thinking about the fact that they had yet to see the mother, and there was, like, one line, right. and Kevmo was like, they had talked about it and figured it must be because when they saw her, they would either, A, recognize her, or, two, figure something, A, or two. I sound like, what is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Number,
4: number B. Uh, yeah, you know? No, that's, that, is,
3: uh, that is straight out of Home Alone. That's something that Buzz does. You got um, two choices. <laughs> no, but, A, they would either recognize her, or, B, they would know something about her. And we got the scene where they confronted the mother from someone else's point of view we got it from yana's point of view and so i was curious right, we don't know right. that they didn't recognize her we just know that a fight That's kind true. of broke out pretty quickly so yeah she could even have been a jedi at one point and left the order oh, we shit. don't know I like that yeah. theory. That's fun.
0: A lot of uh, Oh, and, and, this is the middle chapter, Charles. You're yeah. right. There's so much more that we yeah. haven't learned well, yet. And that's what's so even cool. Though there's,
2: there's so many <laughs> possibilities out, out of yeah. this book. And I think that's what the like the High Republic is doing on such a great level that it did in Phase 1, is that because there's so much content, even if you don't read all of it, there's all these strings you can still pull and have ideas about. And <clears> it's kind of, again, more of like looking in a history almost than even just doing narrative stories, which... Some people are going to find it annoying. Some people are absolutely going to love. Like, if you're doing deep dive podcasts all the time, it's pretty helpful to have all this information. Do you, think,
4: uh, do, you think, do you think the mother is the key architect here? Are we going to see, is she going to be the big bad, you think? Or are they...
3: She's a red herring.
4: They're, they're alluding a little bit to the fact that Marta is turning out to oh, be yeah, a, tr- a true zealot. You think she's going to be Knife
2: the... in back. There's no way oh, the mother man. survives like, halfway through Kevin's book. Right, There's no right. way. <laughs> yeah, Kevin is
4: good at, at killing people, mm. so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the High Republic. So she's getting her
0: orders from somebody else. Yeah. You're thinking... Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, well, honestly, I think if, you, if you're if you controlling... What we're going to learn is if you're controlling the leveler, you are the big bad. You are the threat. Yeah. Because you now have the thing that can destroy the Jedi. But also they have to destroy the Jedi in a way that it doesn't become as threatening as it does during phase 1 because then we have nowhere to go during phase 3. So again, I I have full faith in these are they've planned this out. They know what why they're doing this. So I think by the end of the phase we'll see exactly why the leveler had to evolve this way in front of us, why the path of the open hand had to evolve into the nile so by the time we get to phase 3, we're not still thinking about lingering questions from this phase. Again, we're one book in out of what six, so I think we got a lot so of time. So each
0: each holder of the of the rod can basically <laughs> like manage or be over these these the nameless. I remember mean, that was a great that was a great whole uh, last chapter by the way of the book. How, yeah, um, and they basically named them the nameless, mm-hmm. um, but not actually doing it in words. Um, but like, if you're a holder of the rod, then you control these the leveller,
4: right? Yeah. So there's three yeah. of them. Yeah, we got. He, apparently, we only got he, one. He I don't know if the other rod. two are. It's like I think it's funny that she's the Yana like carrying it around now, like. Like a, yeah. <laughs> like a like a like a steak that's hidden in your pocket from like Scooby yeah. Doo, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, that's exactly he, it. So the only reason he falls around <laughs> is because he's got a bag of treats, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's so, it. Oh, you were it chosen. Snacks. Yeah, yeah, sure was, Scootie sure was snacks. chosen oh, no. by the force. Yep, that's me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> smells like bacon. Why did nobody? Why did nobody <laughs> notice the thing is missing though? Isn't it kind of important? It seems like it's kind of important, right? Like the mother this is just feels fine like a with cult it?
2: where they don't ask too many questions. <laughs>
4: Yeah, but the mother I mean, should have the whoever's. Well, the mother artifacts. does know. She yeah. knows. Oh, that's,
3: she does. that's why she, why she, she has sunshine, sunshine to get the other one. Yeah, to get the rod of daybreak, because she, I assume, is going to try to use that instead. Yeah.
2: And if she asks, "Hey, give me that, give me that back," I think Yano would be like, "Cool, uh, leveller, kill her." Yeah. <laughs> you know. To be like, no, I have this rod,
0: so <laughs> he just like
4: stops in the middle between two of them. And he can't go yeah, anywhere no. because. It's like that, that. It's, it's like that just... TikTok challenge where, like, you know, the the two people like run in opposite directions yeah, to see which one yeah. the dog goes to. It's like yep. that. I was going to say it's <laughs> like
3: Airbud, and it's like which which rod is the pudding cup, the snack pack that the dog <laughs> will go to. Jeez, one I, one I, of them's a rolled I, up yeah, newspaper, and one's a pudding cup.
2: Air and Bud. that's what and that's what the book is about.
3: <laughs> yep. Well done, everybody. We made it. <laughs> Airbud's the book,
4: the High Republic Airbud. <laughs> oh man. That's
2: all that that's all that Ember
3: is, right? <laughs> like essentially. Mm, true. That is true. Well, let's let's it's wrap true. this up the way that we always do. Let's run through some Easter eggs, some connected let's tissue, do it. and some random thoughts. On page four of this book, we hear about uh Rykestra tables, and Rikestra is a dice game that was first introduced in a test of courage, and it's Ooh. kind of a game that keeps being brought up, so it's kind of like the High Republic version of Sabak. Excellent. On page 11, we get our obligatory Tuka cat reference, so that didn't take very yep. long. That was real fast. <laughs> On page 13, a skim board is mentioned, which is basically like Marty McFly's hoverboard from Back to the Future. But <laughs> I appreciate you, Charles. It, it's fine here. <laughs> but interestingly, this was actually first created for the Galaxy of Fear series in Legends when it was written by Zach Aranda, uh, and it was brought back to canon oh. in Catalyst. <clears throat> wouldn't, wouldn't expect that to come up in Catalyst, Whoa! but it did. That's you fun. Know.
4: You know, I think I, I feel like I remember them riding skimboards and rocket power as well. So we can yes. add that to the reference. Yes. Okay, great. We can you,
3: Perfect. <laughs> on page <for> eighteen, <laughs> the planet TK is mentioned, and that was a creation uh, by Justina Ireland for her novel Out of the Shadows. But on Twitter, apparently, she admitted that the name came from uh, her being tired of thinking of names for things, and so she wrote the letters TK. And that's apparently a publishing note for like to come later, like it's gonna come later. And they ended up just using it and they made the plan TK. Yeah.
0: That's not even how you that's spell. Great. I know, just just I thought that
3: was weird. Too. <laughs> who are who are we to question the publishers? Well that's
2: a, there was a there was a beast in, in Rebels called the Tibbity, um, and that was from TBD
3: in yeah. the design.
2: And then it's called it the Tibbity. No way. Yep. <laughs> Rebels. That's not a ghost crew episode. Check out Patreon. Well,
3: <laughs> speaking of things Eric loves, on page 20, Alderaan gets a mention. So that Speaking of Bob. dust, yes! Speaking of dust.
4: Speaking of
3: dust Everything I love
2: turns to dust in Star Wars and realizing. Uh,
3: I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> I gotta get On page 21, Hynestia, um, Corey, you asked earlier if we knew this planet. It was mentioned. It's an ice planet with a Jedi outpost, and uh, Stellan Geos was there later in the timeline. Mm. So, miss you, oh, Stellan. Buddy. Oh, on page 25. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All righty. Man. Wow. I'm just
4: kidding. Holy smoke.
3: Um, let's see here. Lompop <laughs> flowers uh, from page 25. Those were created by Justina Ireland and featured in Mission to Disaster. Uh, on page 37, <clears throat> Nostra Wine is an alcoholic beverage from Dalna that found its way into every single Justina Ireland entry in the High Republic Initiative. Mm. It was in a tested, well courage, Mission to Disaster, Out of the Shadows, and now this book.
0: She needs an actual
4: bottle marketed yeah. for her. It's just oh, It's just, just Zinfidel yeah. with a Star Wars logo on it. Like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's $17 a glass at Galaxy's
3: Edge. All right. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'd buy it. On page 58, Kevmo thinks this after meeting Marta for the first time. He'd need to spend extra time meditating this evening and maybe wear himself out completely drilling his lightsaber forms. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wear yourself out drilling <laughs> lightsaber forms. <laughs>
0: oh my God. Sure. Holy shit, He Charles. goes to his room and all you hear in the, in the <laughs> hallway meditating? is just the... The, the lock of the door? Like, I mean, we all know what
2: that means, dude! Don't come in, Master!
4: <laughs> <laughs> God, 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 God. <laughs> oh,
3: I mean, God. I'm bringing it up, but they wrote that knowing darn well what they did. Absolutely. That's <laughs> <laughs>
4: absolutely true.
3: On page <laughs> this, is a, it's a, no. this is a
4: YA book. It's supposed to be relatable, right? Exactly. Uh-huh. exactly.
2: Oh, Kevin the Jedi, which I absolutely called
3: him a ton in my head. <laughs> On page 65, Kevin, the Jedi, says, that's not how the Force works. And there's a nice callback to Han Solo and TFA. Perfect. Um, Let's see. On page 80, uh, with respect to a dagger that the children are are tasked with stealing, uh, we have this quote. Bin 5843. It's marked Rare Weapon, and the place of origin is Ruins of Moraband. Where is that? So there's a nice callback to the homeworld of the ancient Sith, and this dagger is... Probably came from Valley of the Valley of the Dark Lords, where all their tombs were. Wow.
0: Yes, I love that quote. Mm.
3: Uh, on page eighty-four, a Thelin is featured, and that's Chasnochatic species. So mm-hmm. that was fun. <clears throat> uh, sure. Another species that that is kind of hated, right? Uh, similarly to yeah. the Everenny, decently, yeah, decently hated. <laughs> like, <On> page, <laughs> disliked extensively on Level page seven. 93 <laughs> we learn about a guy named Sakar Rold who came from the guardians of the wills and supposedly was the founder of the path of the open hand so we talked right. about how Jeddah and all these other you know yeah. groups are going to mm. be worked into this well there's a pretty big tie between the guardians of the wills and the path of the open hand On page 118, Han Talos is mentioned, which is a location visited by Jedi Knight Lily Toraasi in the – I laugh at that name every time. (laughs)
4: Lily. One more time. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it.
3: From the Edge of Balance uh, manga. Uh, So she visited that planet multiple times. (laughs) She did. Uh, it's the worst. Oh, um, that's absolutely funny. the worst. I mean, you, you start running it's out funny. of names, you got to start Dude. making names that sound like other things. On page, <laughs> on page 119, here's a, a quote. Santecans were a hard scrabble lot, just as likely to be government officials as independent contractors, but Sunshine still far preferred them to their rivals, the Graffs. Those flimflamsters were just as likely oh. to slide a blade between your ribs as sell you a navigable route. So, we're learning more about this the a... Santa graph dynamic, and we're broadening our vocabularies at the same time.
0: Yes. This is a family show, Charles. Watch your mouth. <laughs> that,
2: that sounds like where, where, wherever in Star Wars this is, it's, it, you're from the Minnesota of Star Wars. You're like, oh, those yeah. flim flamsters.
3: We got harsh scrabble and flim flamsters.
4: <laughs> oh, geez. Just, just oh a mere, geez. just a mere 50 oh, pages crap. earlier, we were talking about beating our meat. Now it's flim flamsters. Here
2: we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> Corey, you're never allowed to do this, drink you're tea most. in the show ever again. <laughs> Stone Cold sober.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, my man. gosh. All right. Never again. All right. The joke <laughs> was that we didn't have to say it. But <laughs> 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 on page 135, Povo Punch, which the is child. a drink, is mentioned. And that's a drink first featured in the High Republic Adventures Annual from 2021, uh, where we learned that Hutts can't drink Povo Punch, and they get super insulted if you serve it around them. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. It, sounds, it, sounds, it
4: sounds like a, a force power that you unlock in like Hopefully. a game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so like, Captain a <laughs> like Captain Falcon's ultimate back in Super Smash Bros. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, man. Shout punch. out Captain Falcon, a real one. Uh, all right. On page Eugene. 147, Elder Aeris, who was kind of a low-key baller in the path, uh, said, yeah. I like to think of the force that way, free, clear, and harmonious <laughs> like a song. And there are many, many ways to make a harmony and none inherently better than others. Uh, so, kind of similar to how Avar views the force, right? As a song, <laughs> oh, as a sure. harmony. Yep. Absolutely. My God, is, yeah, I yeah. remember that. On page 159, Kevmo plays Djarik, a.k.a. Hollow Chess. So, another mm-hmm. fun game. On uh, page 184, another quote for you. Oh, we were just looking at photos of the Graf family compound on Thelge. Even though Thelge was an icy mess most of the year, the compound itself was lush and blooming, a garden in the middle of a snowdrift. And so, it seems like... Blooming gardens are kind of a theme for the graph, hence uh, the graph family, rather. Mm-hmm. Hence, their space yeah. station Everbloom, from out of the shadows, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, like One ninety-three. It's revealed that sunshine is from Ariadu, the home world of Grand Moff Tarkin. So, just crappy uh, yeah. people huh. come from there. They're all bastards, yeah I sawyadu I saw, a,
4: Ariadu, I, saw a, I saw a tweet today comparing Elon Musk to <laughs> to Grand Moff Tarkin. It was pretty it was pretty funny, apparently he disbanded the board of directors at Twitter today, and somebody was like, somebody quoted that line from episode four of like the Senate will no longer be a problem as the as we have just disbanded it." I was uh, like, this Lord. is kind of well,
2: funny. hey, I mean that means he's only got what a week left of running Twitter. Um, based we'll on that see. timeline of Tarkin.
3: So.
4: We'll see. Elon we'll Musk cross, is also guys. from Ariadne. We heard it here first.
3: <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> uh. well, on page 199, the Guardians of the Wills, the Sorcerers of Toond, I think it is. Toond! Uh, the Church of the Force and the Convocation itself are all mentioned. Yeah. And of course, we know the Guardians of the Wills like Chirrut and Baze, the Church of the Force, like Laura Santeca. The Sorcerers of Tuned were kind of a deeper, more interesting reference, because they're technically from Legends, when they actually were first featured in L. Neal Smith's Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sharu, yeah. um, but we have yes, already seen them hold to canon. Uh, they were actually yeah. mentioned in Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott when some of their artifacts are in the Bogan Collection. Uh, In the Jedi Temple. But then they were more recently featured along with the rest of the convocation in the High Republic comic series 2022 uh, in that first issue.
2: Also, you know what I need at some point? Someone needs to draw out the Bogan collection from Dooku Jedi Lost because I'm pretty sure there's roughly eighty four things we've mentioned <laughs> since that book yes. came out that are in the Bogan collection.
3: Yes. Like Kevin just, just put like the future of Star Wars in a vault. It's like it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like Hermione's purse, like the never-ending bag. You just keep yeah. reaching in yes. there and pulling something out. Exactly. This too. We're getting there. On page 205, we have another quote here. Water was up to my knees when I first managed to pry the doors open. It must have gotten in when the landing foot was broken up at the bulkhead. When it dries, I expect a lot to go back to normal, but we need a new compressor under here, and they don't have any on the planet. (laughs) Well, just bypass it. It's just a compressor. Bypass
2: the compressor. You don't
3: need a compressor.
2: It works everywhere. Use a hydro spanner and bypass the compressor.
3: Works every time. (laughs) <laughs> on page 253 another quote instead she just strapped into a chair and began to read one of the newest romances from the Net. this one revolved oh, yeah. around a senator who fell in <clears> love <throat> with a jedi who was torn between his allegiance to the order and the love of his life yana thought it was a bit far-fetched but it was a good way to pass the time in hyperspace
4: this is one of the only things i highlighted when i read this on on kindle oh yeah i i, sa- yep. I saved i saved this quote because it was uh i was like this is great. A bit far fetched. Almost screenshot it and sent it to you guys, but it's <laughs> like nah, much. I was, little it was, much. I
0: downloaded, I downloaded the soundbite from
3: episode two. <laughs> it's <was> funny. <laughs> On page three sixteen, another quote. It had grown again since Yana had last seen it. It was nearly of a size with the char hound. So shout out to yep. Ember who is. Yes, we mentioned our earlier. boy. Mm-hmm. Yes. On page three forty-four, another quote: Reassurance, connection. The Living Force was all he needed. That's right. The Living Force podcast. Every Monday night at 8 p.m. EST. Reassurance. (laughs) Connection. All you need.
4: That's That's the next shirt. That's the next shirt. T-shirt. He's wearing a t-shirt. And
3: finally, on page 345, we have this quote in reference to Kevmo and Zala. Both their lightsabers were missing. Now, we know who took Kevmo's lightsaber, but Zala's lightsaber has gone missing as well. So who took that? I don't the know. mother has it. And the they're going to fight to the death
4: with lightsabers. Yeah. Why
2: not? Yeah. Why, why not? I love a good duel.
3: So that's it, y'all. Those are those are all the biggest Easter eggs that I could find. If I missed any, if I missed your favorite one, for sure leave it in the comments or let us know. mm mm-hmm. uh, Because I love these things. They're a lot of fun. But that's it. So let's go back around. Let's give any final thoughts that we have on this book. And then let's get out of here until next Monday.
2: Um... Yeah, I think my my final thoughts are, especially, especially after our conversation, I respect especially the end of this book on everything it did for the <laughs> Higher Public Phase 2. I think that even though the experience of reading the whole story was not my favorite as far as just the book goes, I completely now get why they started here and why this is a jumping off point from the initiative because it expands – the big bads, it expands the, the, the evil creatures, it introduces the Jedi to the ideas of this thing, it brings us to Jeddah, it brings us to Marta, Yada, the leveler, like, all the stuff that it sets up is so enticing and exciting, and I'm glad that that's propelling us forward. I, I think that, <clears throat> you know, some folks are really going to fall in love with some of the things that we didn't like, and that's great. I think that, you know, each book is someone's favorite, and that's awesome but overall i think that this ends in a really exciting point and i don't think i've i don't think i've seen a hyperpolic book kind of tee up everyone else in the initiative quite as well as yeah. this one yeah i
0: really liked how um when i first started reading it that i was like this is the very beginning this is 200 years before phase one. This is book one, and everything else happens after it. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, there's got to be something that happened before this. And I kept thinking about those, and I me mean, just talking about that with you guys kind of solidified that fact. And, and honestly, just tonight, talking about this book, it was a great time i didn't think we were going to have this good a conversation about a book that we thought was kind of so so Mm -hmm. but it's i mean like most of the the parts that we saw were interesting that were very climatic even before like the 130 180 pages of of um like build up but we got to where we wanted to get to i mean having the conversation with people that also like the same thing it will build your enjoyment for the book you just read and this really helped out just having the show with you guys and talking with the chat and Stephanie, Stephanie, you're uh, reminding me of like hundreds of things that I forgot from phase one. Thank you for taking we all those notes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, I like I look like those things too. Of like, uh, I, I think uh, I think it was really risky to start the phase with a YA book in particular. Um, I think it had really big shoes to fill with Light of the Jedi that, quite frankly, I don't think anybody would have been able to fill. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to kick off the phase. And, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot to like about the book. I I think I probably disliked it the most out of all of us, at least from our other conversations we've had about it. And uh, it definitely grew on me talking about it. So, you know, I'm excited to be back in the High Republic. I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway. And uh, this it, this era is continually fun to explore, and they keep inventing new stuff that adds a new dynamic to Star mm. Wars, which is pretty impressive considering how well-developed Star Wars book community is at this point. So, you know, I'm here for it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with with all of it. Everything you guys have said, really, I think the end of this book is about as good as the high republic has been. I mean, I think the the yep. end is on par with the best that we've gotten from phase 1, and I think that's promising. I mean, I think it still points to the fact that they've got a great idea of what they're doing. They know where this story is going, and while maybe, you know, some of the the grunt work in this book was to its own detriment. It's like you said, Eric, it, it might be for the benefit of the rest of the phase and maybe even the rest of the initiative. So there have to be books like this or parts of books like this, uh, because they're world building, they're galaxy building at the end of the day. Uh, and, and I think that we're going to get a lot of good stories still left in this initiative. So it's exciting and I'm already looking forward to the next one. Totally. <clears throat>
2: Absolutely. Uh, which, again, is coming out tomorrow. If you guys are completionists, uh, George Mann's Quest for the Hidden City, the junior novel, slash middle grade, slash, I don't know, they're, I don't know what to call them, ever. Uh, but that comes out tomorrow. Very fun adventure book. Look for the review on Utini. And then, of course, the next giant edition is going to be Zarata Cordova's Convergence, coming out November 22nd. Um, before we get into that, of course, uh, next week, I'm going to give you all a little preview. Uh, we're going to have a little chat about the future of the show. Um, last week we didn't have a show. Um, the four of us did, though, get together and just kind of talk about uh, the last four years and the next four years of the Living Force. Um, and we're excited to kind of share with you guys about some ways the show was going to evolve into its next way. Nothing bad, nothing dire. Uh, we're still here. We're doing. I was going to say stuff, we've,
4: but... we've actually decided to end yeah. it. You know, this is how we're going to tell you guys. <laughs> Corey. Corey,
2: <laughs> go go practice your lightsaber forms. You need to chill out. Uh... <laughs> Ah, this is going to be a joke forever
4: now. Oh so God. next
2: week, we will we will share with y'all uh, a little bit about, um you know, like tonight, how the roundtables are going to evolve a little bit, that same kind of vibe. So uh, we'll see you next week for that. Uh, but for right now, it's late summer night. Uh, and that will do it, everybody, for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, I am so sorry, but I thank you anyway. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash utini. Learn about all the ways you can help support our thriving community. A special thank you goes out to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council. And Elizabeth Cloutier, Ashley Ingalls, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Corey M. Hilton. Charles is at C. Hankel. Wes is at Boss West. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, who again put that awesome new graphic at the beginning of the show. And Wes, our producer and community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Wes for parting with me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. And as always, may the force be with you.
1: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. Join the Utini community and surround yourself with like minded fans at utini.com. And remember the force will be with you always.